Well, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty in the NBA as a team was just eliminated and one has moved on to the conference championships, them Phoenix Suns, and we're not going to have another team do that just yet. We have a couple more games to get there, but we have two games today, two quality games today. The Clippers, who came back from a 2-0 deficit to win their first-round series, have now won their first game down 2-0 in this series, and we'll see if Mike Conley returns. I think a lot of people are just saying until they lose a game he'll return but this is a hamstring injury that he sustained in game five versus memphis and it usually takes players and mike conley himself earlier this season two to three weeks to come back from so we're right around that mark now maybe he can return today i'm still not projecting him in but we have four teams to break down today we get atlanta and philly yet again and as long as joel Embiid looks mobile on defense as long as he's looking ability to switch and rim protect not only that but his offensive game which was nowhere to be found in the first half of the last game and not really a bad he was just passive he wasn't playing bad and everybody else got going and they won pretty easily it's hard to see atlanta unless they shoot the lights out of the gym like they did in game one really hard to see them snag another victory in this series but let's break this down from a betting a player prop perspective betting on the lines where i'm leaning there and then also daily fantasy sports if you're somebody playing on these two game slates we can start with atlanta we'll go from each game and each team here i'll let you know where my interests are any props any betting lines and all that sort of stuff hopefully you enjoyed your weekend hopefully you had a lovely lovely time like and subscribe if you enjoy this content as well we'll be live later today an hour before the game start to answer your questions Q&A and break down any final thoughts on these games today. So we can start off this game for Atlanta by saying they just didn't shoot as well from three and they haven't shot as many shots. They've now shot half the shots they did in game one in game three, it kind of broken by a third in game two. And look, that's partially because of Philadelphia's defense. They're not trotting out there. Danny Green, who unfortunately sustained an injury in this game, likely to be out the rest of the series, if not the next series as well. They have had Ben Simmons on Trey Young. The switching has been very good by Joel Embiid protecting inside the paint if Trey Young tries to go anywhere there. And it's led to less three-pointer attempts as they've been pressing up a little bit more. Only 23 threes in a game for this Atlanta team is pretty eye-opening. That's not just because Atlanta was not wanting to shoot the three ball in today's NBA. No, it was the Philadelphia defense. Now, in this game, Kevin Horder continued to come off the bench as Solomon Hill continues to start because they need some sort of size to combat the Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid size. Solomon Hill, not really much of a factor on offense, not really much of a factor on defense. He's just size, and eventually that's going to wear out. The problem is he's going to play some better defense than if they were to start a Kevin Horder. And Kevin Horder is somebody that I do like to see. In this game, he did not play many minutes because, you know, foul trouble, and then the game blows out. He ends up losing probably about six to eight minutes. Was on pace to play about 30 minutes in this game. I have Kevin Horder right now. If we pull up Atlanta's minutes, I'm currently giving Kevin Horter 30 minutes of play. I believe he would have closed this game out and got additional run. Now, when he was playing, he only shot one of five, so it didn't help his own case as he cooled off from game two. That is the issue, though. It is hard to see Kevin Horter start, even though they do probably need to make an adjustment because that lineup got demolished. Anytime there was a Kevin Horter, Danilo Gallinari, Trey Young type lineup on the court, an all offense lineup, it just got demolished on defense. Like the offensive rating that was already fantastic, 126 in this game for the Philadelphia 76ers, just spiked even higher towards the 130s. It's really hard out there. You're just leaking points. It does not make much sense to have those offensive players in the court when they're nowhere near keeping up for what they're giving up on the defensive end. Now, as the rest of the minutes you can see on the screen, it's basically very similar rotations. Clint Capella, I'm giving a little bit less run, not 34 minutes, 32. He did get forced off the court. Now, there was a blowout and some of the starters lost run, especially the final minute or two for Trey and Bogdanovich and those types of guys. But Capella was getting forced off the court in the fourth quarter when Embiid started to heat up more so than he ever had, right? He was dominating on defense. Clint Capella, he was dominating Clint Capella on offense. So 
took him off the court. They went with a more offensive lineup to try and cut the lead and bring the game a little closer. Did not end up working. Sweet Lou got hot for a second there, but that's the other thing. Like when Lou Williams, Kevin Horder on the court together, and maybe even go Trey, you go this all offense lineup, you're leaking points everywhere. I mean, Trey Young has gotten better since his rookie year defense, nowhere near as good. Lou Williams has never gotten better at defense. So that's going to be an issue for Atlanta, their adjustments. It's going to be hard to see how they can really make adjustments. Now, pushing the ball in transition a little bit more, not setting up as many shots and not setting up as many plays when you're in transition push. Philadelphia really did push in game three and have been. Ben Simmons leading that, one of the best transition teams in the NBA. If you can push in transition, you know, they're not set on defense, set up a little bit more action in transition for Trey Young. But once they set the court right now, Ben Simmons is on Trey Young. The switches are very good on defense by Philadelphia at this point in the series. After game one, not being that great and not having Simmons on Ben for most of the game. The other thing they can do is let Bogdanovich run point more he did in the third quarter of that last game it sort of worked out have Trey work off ball a little bit more to get some open shots that way some more picks some more screens pick and rolls off of Bogdanovich that's an adjustment potentially and that could help Bogdanovich for fantasy and over-unders and we can talk about that momentarily but that's kind of what you're seeing out of Philadelphia or Atlanta at this point on this side of it now for daily fantasy sports purposes I'm giving big minutes to most of the starters I have Bogdanovich at 40 minutes today he will be my favorite play from this team and Trey Young would be my second favorite play after that it's just a bunch of guys in a player pool but no priority so it goes Bogdanovich and Trey Young is the guys that I would really like to get from this team after that Gallinari John Collins Kevin Horder and Clint Capella if for some reason they do start Kevin Horder I find it hard to believe just size-wise in defense, but I think that that's the only possibility of a different lineup here. Then Kevin Horder would jump into an interest for me because now you can start instead of 28 to 30 minutes, you can start to project 32, 34 minutes for Kevin Horder. And speaking of the devil, I ended up placing this $50 prop this morning. I put Kevin Horder over 19 fantasy points. Look, I think he plays more minutes. He only played low 20s in that last one because the game blew out and he got in a little bit of foul trouble. You can see Kevin Horder above my head right now. I'll highlight him. The red is when he's off the court and the blue is when he's on the court if you're watching on YouTube, but we can discuss it. He checked into the game with six and a half minutes left in the first quarter he picks up two personal fouls he stays in for the beginning of the second so it looks like he's going to get some nice run he picks up his third personal foul two minutes into the third does not play again in the second quarter does not check back in until about midway through the third quarter and based on his second half run of about 16 minutes you can see that kevin horder definitely lost minutes in the first half since he only played about eight so there's a good chance that in that first half he probably lost out on anywhere from six to eight minutes which we were just discussing and that's what him coming off the bench he's been closing out games he even closes out this game so kevin horder I have right now for 30 minutes if that's the case I think prize picks prop number is under on him or it's, it's too low meaning I want to take the over we'll take the over 19 fantasy points I have Kevin Horder right now at 23.3 so we'll take the over 19 fantasy points right there that's where we're at on Atlanta on the opposite side of this one Philadelphia is somewhat easier to break down in terms of what they've been doing well Joel Embiid just been dominating Joel Embiid's been dominating Ben Simmons was able to actually get an offensive game going Tobias Harris continues to be fantastic especially in transition and when those guys are clicking whatever else you get from your offense is even better like Fork and Corkmoss, right so Danny Green gets gets hurt he's gonna be out two to three weeks cork moss goes off for in the first half for i believe like 14 real life points and that looked really good. Now, I don't know if they'll start Korkmaz. I think they should start Korkmaz in this game because you already have Ben Simmons on Trey Young. You don't need additional defense out there like a Thibel. Might as well just go with more offense at that point. But there is a chance that they could put a Thibel out there on Bogdanovich and really neutralize what you're doing from an offensive standpoint. I currently have Korkmaz starting in this game. He had that hot first. I believe that that's probably where they'll end up going. Now, Korkmaz did get a good amount of run in this game and he did get to close it out because obviously Danny Green wasn't out there. But also, Thibel found out. 
Thibel fouled out. He had six fouls. He fouled out midway through the fourth quarter. Because of that, he was in foul trouble most of the game, which led to just more overall run for Korkmaz in this game and some other guys off the bench as well. But either way, we'll get this starting lineup before the game starts. I'm projecting in currently, and you can see the minutes on the screen right now. I'm projecting in Korkmaz to start for 27 minutes. I did give Thibel 20 off the bench, basically splitting most of that run without Danny Green out there. And then you'll see other guys pick up some run like Maxi Hill and Shake Milton as well. Now, the pick and roll defense has halted Trey Young. We already talked about that. Ben Simmons has really locked it down and Bede getting healthier and more mobile on defense. He looked gimpy holding his knee at some points in this game going up and down on it. He's questionable for this game with now they're saying an ankle, a sprain, potentially a sprained ankle. I mean, this guy's getting beat up, so this is going to wear on him. But he dealt with it in game three. He dealt with the knee in game two. He's looked a lot better since game one mobily. It's probably a mental thing just being able to put a lot of weight on that lower body. Now, I do have George Hill, who only played 12 minutes in that last game. You can see I have him projected for 16 minutes. I think he could play more than that, especially with no Danny Green. I'm not completely shocked to see George Hill and his experience start in this game. So it'll be interesting to see who they go with there. I do think it'll be Cork Monster offense, but don't be shocked if it's George Hill. Whoever does start, expect from that player to see probably more than likely at least 24 minutes, more than likely 26 to 28 plus minutes. So a massive advantage for whoever does start. Very, very interested in whoever that will be. Now, Tobias Harris, another thing to point out, other than game one. So you might be saying, ah, oh, but the Hawks won game one. Sure, they won game one in a game where Doc Rivers was terrible on rotations and defensive assignments, did not have Ben Simmons on Trey Young. Since then, that's kind of stabilized Trey Young to an extent, or really just a pick and roll offense, stabilized Clint Capella to an extent. Joel Embiid's been getting healthier, right? And the other thing, if you recall, it feels so long ago at this point, but Doc Rivers left a lineup in there where maybe the best offensive player was George Hill. They had five guys on the court, none of them that great at shot creation i would say really none of them at all three of them were like defensive specialists and he left that lineup in there for a good six to seven minutes they didn't score for that full six to seven minutes game two they adjusted they put tobias harris out there with that second unit game three he stayed out there and he played very well as long as that's going to continue again i really don't see these spots where philadelphia just becomes a zero on offense and atlanta beats philly's defense unless they're just shooting over top of them threes which would be the adjustment to make and sure they can get hot again that's the way they win a game that might be the only way they win a game. So right now, my main interest from a DFS standpoint from Philadelphia in this order, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, just as a punt, he's not projecting out well, 15 and a half points, Seth Curry, Moss, and Shake Milton. If George Hill was to start, he'd be in play. If you want to punt on Dwight Howard, that's fine, but I'm not really all there. I do not have any props in this game, but I'm going to continue to take Philadelphia. I took Philadelphia in this one at minus three. I took them at minus one for game three. They were minus one. Look, this series is not close. Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks shooting really well in game one shooting 50 percent from three in game one on 43 attempts that is the reason why you're getting good line numbers right now in the betting markets on philadelphia i took philadelphia in game two easy game three a minus one a pick them for philadelphia i get that they were on the road but with a healthier Joel and to making defensive adjustments and second unit adjustments yeah this series is not going to be close can trey young and bogdanovich and those fellows and kevin horder get hot from three sure and that's how you lose your minus three bet I feel very good about Philadelphia in every game moving forward, no matter what the spread is, as long as it's within like minus six. So we'll take Philadelphia there. We'll close the door on that game. We'll move over now to the second game where the Clippers end up getting on the board two to one. And it's very easy to break down the Clippers in this one. Their stars just showed out. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, 30 plus points apiece. They shot 48 of the 89 attempts for the Clippers in this game. And not just the stars, like Utah was up 8-0 early in this one. Donovan Mitchell was getting his points. They made some adjustments. We can start on the Clippers side of the ball. They made some adjustments. Reggie Jackson made his first four shots, all threes of the game. That brought them back when it was 8-0 early. And then they started, started to double-team Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell at one point in this game got banged up with an ankle injury earlier on. They're saying it's not that significant, but... Chances are it could limit him, especially with no Mike Conley lately. That is a concern. Conley questionable again today. 
will adjust if he's projected in. I'm projecting him currently to be out. But both teams shot the ball well. The Utah Jazz's three-point shooting and overall shooting is going to look a little bit worse than it was because, you know, you're starting to force some shots later on, not getting the best shot selection. But yeah, you're just not going to shoot as good, especially from three in this game as the Clippers did when their stars were going off and everybody, even Luke Kennard off the bench, shooting two or four from three. Reggie Jackson continuing to stay hot. When you're shooting over 50% from three, it's hard to make up from that. When you're shooting over 50% from the field, it's hard to make up from that. Even though they shot well from three for most of the game, this Utah team, they only shot around 42% from two-point range of the field. That's where you're really going to be lacking in double-teaming Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert really not getting involved lately is going to be the main issue there where Jordan Clarkson is only shooting threes right at this point he's made I think 16 threes in three games only made two shots from inside the arc so we can start with the Clippers and what they're doing from their minutes right now you can see they went back to Nicholas Batum in game three they got away from Zubak we said this the whole series like game one Zubak played 20 to 22 minutes just because he started and was playing well if he's not starting he's probably not seeing much run I have him for 12 minutes today a lot of people got mad at me for game one to say that oh he's got a match Rudy Gobert well he's not that great on offense he's a walking foul on defense and he doesn't play much defense so outside of the whole side narrative he doesn't really have to match Rudy Gobert Rudy Gobert does not post up and take 15 shots a game Rudy Gobert takes like six to eight shots a game and most of the time it's just because that's the best available thing it's not a play run through him so I don't think you're going to see too much of that right these teams play in transitions these teams the Utah Jazz and the Clippers both ranked top three in three-point shooting and three-point attempts top three so that's kind of their game it's not post up with Rudy Gobert Gobert's out there because he's defensive player of the year and he halts anything coming into the paint I never really understood the argument that ah Zubak's size they have to match Gobert's size out there you're just putting another zero out there you might as well get another shooter like Batum or Marcus Morris into the lineup instead of Zubak who's basically giving you a zero and just a bunch of fouls and giving the other team free free throws so Zubak only played 12 to 13 minutes right now I have Zubak at 12 minutes heading into this one the starters in that last game if you're looking at the minutes projections and trying to go into popcorn machine they checked out early in that game I mean Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were on pace to play 42 to 43 minutes Reggie Jackson was on pace to play 35 plus he missed two minutes in the first half for picking up an additional foul didn't play the final two minutes of that half and he ended up checking out early with the rest of the starters Batum started and he played good in this one gave him big minutes he shot four of six another guy shooting hot from three four of six from three scored 17 points nine rebounds so 17 and nine in this game led to more run for him less for Batum less for Marcus Morris as well because guys off the bench like Pat Beverly got involved Luke Kennard was shooting two or four so gave him around 12 minutes instead of eight minutes in this game and then Marcus Morris in his own right right now is not shooting well one of 16 in this series so far from three that's not good that is not good that, that's nowhere near Jordan Clarkson 16 made threes right absolutely not good at all the other thing for Marcus Morris you might see he only played 22 minutes in that last game I'm not too sure that's actually all that accurate there was a stretch where Nicholas Batum and Luke Kennard were hot in the third quarter led to less run for Marcus Morris normally he'll check back in and play the final eight to ten minutes which would have given him 30 to 32 minutes in this game which is respectable but the game blew out so he didn't get his final fourth quarter run so I don't think Marcus Morris is going to play 22 minutes in this game I mean in the first half he played basically 15 and a half 16 minutes on pace to play his normal closing run of 32 minutes or so but when you're not making your threes and that's a big reason why you're out there and everybody else in the team is seemingly making the threes you're probably also not going to get run. So Marcus Morris, although I continue to like him, it's a broken record at this point. A good three-point shooter has only shown up in the playoffs so far out of the 10 games they played in two or three of those games. The other games, he's absolutely atrocious. This series, he's been absolutely atrocious. Now, although he's been absolutely atrocious, in one of those three games, he still gets you there because he plays big enough minutes and gets involved in other spots from a fantasy purpose and a props purpose. But one of 16 from three is not going to be sustainable for one, just that bad of a shooting percentage from an NBA player who's good at shooting. But two, it's just not going to be sustainable to keep you in these games and continue to play a player like that. So right now from the Clippers, my interest in this order, Paul George, Reggie Jackson, 
Marcus Morris, Batum, Kawhi. You might be saying, Sal, why is Kawhi so low? These guys are all like 1A, 1B, 1C. They're all projecting out really nice. I have all five of those guys as yeses right now. So basically, all five of the stars from the Clippers are in play for me. They're just all too cheap at this point. You're getting two guys in the 3K range. Reggie Jackson's still 5,200. For a guy who's shooting well and on pace in all these games, so when he's not in foul trouble and it doesn't blow up to play 36 minutes, shooting very well right now. And then Patrick Beverly would be the only bench player I have interest in, but he's only projecting out for like 12 points. That's if he just gets a little bit hot, has an extra steal, scores like 17 for you as a punt at $3,000 slide. Now, I do have a lot of players in the props market, which, again, the sponsor of the program right now is Prize Picks. You can follow these props down below, especially in the solo slates and the two-game slates. Most of my action goes into the props. We're trying to win on this prop right here, $500 Ruskies. So we have five right in here. You know, It's not a parlay. You don't have to hit them all. You can just hit three and make money back, four and win money as well. So this is the reason I like Prize Picks. You don't have to put five together and get them all right. You could do that and have a big cash out, but if you just get four right, like if you just get four out of these five right, you still profit 10x, which is still fucking insane, right? If you get just three out of the five right, you still profit money, which is just insane to think about just compared to normal betting. So you can check it out down below. Use the code SAL, S-A-L, any money you put in, they will give you free money, free credit right back depending on how much you put in. So if you put in 50 bucks, they'll give you 50 all the way up to $100. You have to use that code SAL in the link down below. Check it out. Why not? It's a ton of fun. It is the way I've been playing most of my DFS action and betting action outside of betting lines. I'm not playing the showdown slates, really. These two game slates, I have like 5 to 10% of my normal action. Most of it's coming down to this. I have over 43 and a half fantasy points for Paul George. I'm going to take more props later on the live stream. We can talk about that. I've got Paul George at about 47. Paul George has gone over this 43 and a half number five out of his last six games, and that's mainly just all of his playoff games. Reggie Jackson over 22. They're disrespecting Reggie Jackson at this point. Again, the dude's going to play 35 to 36 minutes. He's averaging over 0.85 fantasy points per minute. I have Reggie Jackson close to 28 points. That is a massive difference. So that's three out of the five in the prop right now. If you want to tail that, the other two are going to come from the Utah side, which we can get into Utah right now. We can close it up with Utah. If you're somebody who bets on props, if you're somebody who plays DFS, we do have projections. We do have rankings, top plays, all that type of stuff to help you out in those streets, tools and analysis to reduce your research time, your efforts, increase your dollar bills and your chances of winning. We have a Discord access for everybody if you want to get in there for betting, for DFS, all different sports channels. Check that out as well. All this is included if you want to become a patron. Link down below at industry low prices because it's just me, your boy, the only dude here who's got to put on a show. So I don't got to pay a bunch of other employees, which means we can keep our costs or our prices very low also our costs low why not the other thing is we also have a lineup optimizer for the dfs crowd out there for not just the nba but a bunch of other sports mma pga potentially one coming for mlb as well so right now for utah side of this one donovan mitchell gets a little bit banged up he's hot early they double team him he cools off right mike conley we'll see what happens with this hamstring injury that's where he's at right now they have no depth they play five guys six guys 30 plus minutes and then they put two to three bodies in there for any type of run Mioni's not playing well Jordan niang not playing well Derek favors is getting picked apart on defense by Kawhi leonard and some other folks at this point right now problem is they have no other depth ursan Ilyasova, i don't know if it's going to be that much better there's no other depth on this team if mike conley comes back sure you can just take some guys like mioni and maybe even georgia sneeing out of the rotation completely but they have no depth so what you're getting is six dudes playing massive minutes what you're getting is guys shooting a lot of threes like in the regular season no real rotation changes here and there won't be a rotation change unless conley returns i'm not projecting conley in right now but that's where you're currently at with this team you're going to see jordan clarkson play massive minutes off the bench and probably continue to shoot a bunch of threes per game and he's been making them at this point and you can see my utah projections on the screen right now and it's just the six guys getting 30 plus minutes big minutes for the starters bojan royce o'neill and donovan mitchell i'm giving 38 apiece 33 for joe ingles 34 for rudy gobert 
and 30 for Clarkson. And then you can just pick apart the other 30 minutes or so for Mione, Derek Favors, and Georges Niang off the bench. Now, we said Utah shot well in this game. I mean, they shot 43% from three. They only shot 43% from the field, though, and that's where they kind of fell behind a Clippers team that was shooting damn near 55, 60% from the field and 52% from three in this game. So they just cannot keep up with it. That's not much else to break down, though. It's the same rotations. It's the same stuff. The only difference is here is Donovan Mitchell got a little bit nicked up, and the double team seemed to affect him. But from an adjustment standpoint, you don't have many bodies to throw in there. From an adjustment standpoint, I guess just shoot better and hope that the Clippers don't shoot the lights out. It was just one of those games, right? The Clippers shot the lights out, and Utah shot fine but not good enough it's just one of those games you're not going to beat a team that's shooting about 60 percent from the field and making every single one 90 percent of their free throw attempts so they come into game four now still up two to one in the series right now my rankings for amount in dfs streets number one mitchell number two gobert three Boyan, four ingles those are my four priorities and then royce o'neill jordan clarkson very much in play and Derek favors is a punt it's basically one of these three thousand dollar punts between like Derek favors dwight howard pat beverly if you're really trying to just get more salary on the table for some pay up options and get some more studs in your lineups now to close out our player props i like these a lot so this is the thing you're getting values on all these utah jazz and this is where we've been making a lot of our money if mike conley doesn't play they're pricing in mike conley right now they're projecting mike conley to play so all these guys their over-unders are, are priced out right but if mike conley was to play these these over-unders are not dead they're already projected for it so they can still go over them i currently have joe ingles projecting out right now for 26.6 fantasy points he's gone over 30 fantasy points in back-to-back games now without mike conley his over-under is 22. We'll take the over there. So if Mike Conley doesn't play, it looks like one of the best props, if not the best prop on the board. And if Mike Conley does play, well, you don't feel great about it, but there's still a chance he can go over 22. It's not a dead prop. Same exact analysis for Jordan Clarkson. I've got Clarkson today for 31 and a half fantasy points. He's been doing that, right? In the game where he only played, I don't know, three quarters of his minutes because of a blowout, he scored 25 and a half fantasy points and still got you there in the worst case scenario, in a blowout where he doesn't play down the stretch. So we take the over Clarkson there. Those are five players right now that I have some props action on. I'm going to add more later on, but that's where we're at right now. A $50 wager on that attempt to win potentially up to 500. But even if we don't hit all five, thanks to the way that prize picks works, you can just get three or four right and still make some money. So you can check that out down below again, that code. But that's where we're at right now, folks. Thank you for tuning in today. I said folks a couple times. I don't know who the fuck I am. Am I like 60, 50 years old? 24 years old, motherfucker. 24 years old winning a half marathon yesterday. My legs are dead right now. I'm tired. I need some food. I need some hydration. I need some water. Hopefully, y'all having a great day. There'll be an NFL video releasing a little quick 10-minute one on a player that is asleep or that you cannot not leave your drafts without this year. And then a live stream later today, an hour before the game start. We're here. We're back. It's Monday, the best day of the week. Enjoy your day right now. Like and subscribe before you go. And the notification bell so you know when we're going live later on today. Hey, I'll see you all in the next one, gang. Peace on out.